Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane, and I am so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 179. Ooh, that was a perfect yeah, can open. Just cracked a brew. No, it's a sparkling water. <laughs> After a long day, look, I'm dehydrated, Shane. In the last 24 hours, I have killed over 60 flies, and I just, I need to rehydrate with, like, sparkling water more than anything there's a bunch in the office too right now are there when you walked in like we were trying to put the kids to bed Uh, and you came in told me betty was summoning me the reason i stayed in there for an extra beat there i heard a buzzing Mm -hmm. i noticed that the spider that's been living in there all year um (laughs) he had a fly in his trap nice and then he went to grab the fly but the fly got away so it was a fly versus spider but a lot of that fly's family are caught in the web. Good. So the fly is trying to release the family, but kind of getting caught in the web each time. And the spider's really frustrated with him. The spider's gotten so big too, because he's been eating so many flies. Uh, backstory here. We found fly eggs in our house. I Okay. And here's the thing. I, I cleaned them up. Like I didn't think they hatched. I thought they were still... You know, the larva, I had. I thought they still had the baby unborn flies in them. So obviously got rid of them. But it appears that maybe that stupid pregnant fly laid more eggs somewhere. Yeah, we got a 20 fly a day minimum killing habit. It's disgusting. But you know what? I'm glad we kept that spider around for something. Yeah, well, it's the only thing to keep them around for. It's funny because there's also a spider catching fly families in the playroom. I was looking at it earlier and I was like, I'm not taking this web down. I'm leaving it there. There's like three flies stuck in there. Again, the spider's getting fat and okay. I don't mind. But after the flies are gone, we have to kill the spiders too. Of or course. release them or whatever. We'll like, release ugh, them back outside. I, I know. spiders. <laughs> it's what happens when you have an old house, folks. But yeah, it's been it's been a busy day of fly killing. It's been an emotional weekend in general. Uh, we took down this weekend the crib that we built together five and a half years ago before we had Lucy. And it was a fun time. It was in our old house. We had given up the master bedroom to make Lucy's, you know, nursery. And it was a really exciting time. And we got this crib from Pottery Barn. Nona bought it. Wait, wait, are you telling this right? I feel like this is confusing. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying so five and a half years ago, this oh, okay. upset the yeah, scene. Yeah. And you and I filmed us putting this crib together. And it was like really, it was a really exciting time it was a really sweet moment we made a funny video out of it or like cute funny might be an exaggeration (laughs) we made a cutesy video out of it cheesy yeah yeah and then uh this weekend you know betty we had decided it was betty's last night on friday night with her crib because she's been saying to you and i separately that she wants a big girl bed she doesn't want a crib anymore she hates her crib so we're like all right betty We're getting you the big kid bed this weekend. And she was so stoked about it. She wanted the same one as Lucy. It's this like pink Ikea bed. They love it. And uh, so we got that. I got that on Saturday. And then Shane and I, we got rid of the kids for a bit on Sunday. And our goal was to dismantle the crib and put the bed back together. And I'm working away and Shane's working away. And then he kind of looks over at me. He's like, I remember when we put this thing together. And then it freaking hit me and I was like, oh, yeah, that was special. I should film taking it down too. You didn't say that. No, I was thinking that. Oh, okay. And then I put my camera up and then we're taking it down. But then the more I'm thinking about it, you know, as you undo another nail and everything, and I'm just sitting there and it just all started to hit me. It was like, it feels like it was yesterday that we put it together. Yet in that span of time, we've had two babies have moved houses and it's been five and a half years of our life and i just started to get super emotional started sobbing thinking about it makes me misty um and that hit me like a ton of bricks and i wasn't expecting it yeah and you know you sneakily filmed me 
I wasn't sneaking. I thought you saw that I was filming. You didn't tell me you were filming. I like took time to like position the phone. I had it on a uh, a vacuum cleaner. So it took me quite a bit of time to get it to stay in place. The amount of time doesn't matter. You were filming me without me knowing. I thought you knew because I was taking all the time to place it instead of helping you hold things. You were hoping I didn't see. No, I thought you knew for sure. Then why not say anything? Because I thought you already saw. I thought I didn't need to say anything because you saw me getting it ready. Well, then, you know, you... (laughs) So I get a little embarrassed because in it you start crying and I comfort you, which is a nice thing Yeah. that I comfort you. I give you a hug and I start, you know, I shed a few tears, but like over your shoulder. But then it goes online and it looks like we're doing it for likes. It does not look like that. Well, people are like, you, you know, when you see those videos when someone's like, I just got the worst news of my life. And then they set up the camera <laughs> and then it's them crying. And then a bunch of videos, like people will make fun of someone like. Yeah, but I think that when you film situations, like we filmed putting it together. So I was like, okay, taking it down is going to be a but good we, film too. We but weren't sobbing putting it together. No, but I didn't think we were going to be sobbing taking it down. I was like, oh, this could be a fun, like a nice, like fun, emotional thing. I didn't think we were going to start bawling our eyes out. I know, but the fact that. Maybe potentially the viewer is going to think both of us knew (laughs) one of us was going to cry and then I'm looking like good guy coming over. I want the people to know to get that real good guy credit. (laughs) It has to be known that I didn't know we were being filmed. Otherwise, I'm hamming it up in a emotional hamming way. Okay, so I will say for the record, Shane's a good guy, legitimate good guy. And Shane, that video proves that you can be a good hugger when you want to be. Like I don't you, know if that was a good hug. I, I went high, maybe too high. A, a good hug might have been more in the middle. I disagree. That was like a good comforting level hug because okay, you good. squeezed my shoulders and I really did feel comforted in that moment. And uh, it was really nice. You being the person that knew you were being filmed and crying, is did you feel like a phony at all? No, because I wasn't anticipating uh, that level of emotion. Right. But putting it up, are you at all like, oh, people are going to think I put this up because no. I'm a fake crime? No. no, you know what? I don't I don't give an S because, you know, it's just it's emotion that came naturally. And I think putting it up, everything, everything we do, everything I talk about is for relatability and like, oh, man, we just went through this. Like, have you been through this? It's it's wild. Let's up, talk about it. Do you set up cameras at your house? folks and cry (laughs) for likes um but i do not that i'm trying to make you cry but i do have a video that i haven't seen in a long time that i thought could be fun to watch okay it's of lucy's nighttime routine so we can (laughs) watch this this. i'm not sure but let's lou it's nighttime i told it i saw that okay i'm the tickle monster everyone ready yeah yeah. I like myself because I'm. Can you film me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna do something that don't Okay. Okay. I love you too, Lou. Oh my God, that was cute. Her, oh. I forgot how cute her voice was. Oh my gosh, so she's the same age as Betty in that. That was from 21. She was born in 18. So she's about the same age as Betty. And even seeing in that video, her crib is in the same position that Betty's was a few mm-hmm. days ago. And it's just, uh, it's wild that they were both so little. And now Betty's not even in a crib anymore. And it's like, it, we're just out of that phase. And that makes me so sad, but it makes me happy because they're doing new and really cool things. But it really is emotional for me. Yeah. And I, I truly wasn't expecting that. Changes, man. What do you think the next big change is going to be to make you go uh, crying? Jeez. Well, I guess Betty at a daycare and into school when both of our kids are in a school. Or Lucy at a kindergarten and going into grade one. I really don't know. It's tricky. But, Shane, I want to ask what the hardest, because I talked a lot about, you know, Betty moving out of the crib and going into her big girl bed as one of those quote unquote lasts. Because a lot of people Mm -hmm. talk about the firsts of parenthood, like the first word, first crawl, first steps, everything. But those lasts, I think they hit you harder emotionally because the Mm -hmm. firsts are kind of all excitement. And the lasts really get you. So I was curious of the lasts 
which has hit you the hardest? Was it this one or was it something else? Crib. Crib yeah. hit me the hardest. Yeah. Because yeah. it, you know, there's no going back on having a little baby who needs their crib. No. And now I'm trying to get rid of the crib so that we definitely no more babies in this house. But yeah, I was thinking the crib because my first answer was like, oh, it was nursing for sure when I when I weaned Betty. Mm-hmm. But the crib really did. And this is part of the reason I set the camera up. I didn't think that anything could go beyond the level of emotion that weaning her from nursing. So I was like nursing those two babies. I breastfed for four years of my life straight through. That was a long time. That was a huge part of my life. Breastfeeding on demand is you put in the same hours as a full-time job. It's wild. And I was like, nothing can be more than that. And then the crib was. It really was. That was so hard for me. Um, Do you remember you being a kid and and like this is tricky because you might only remember from like your parents talking about it or nothing at all but your own lasts like do you remember any of those things happening yeah i was like lucy who's a very nostalgic person oddly like she came down and was crying her eyes out like i i missed the crib i want you to build the crib again i really liked it (laughs) like lou was so upset about the crib being gone but I would, I would go buy gummy bears from Max Milk, which is a convenience store uh, when I was young, and I would get gummy bears. And my last gummy bear, I'd start, <laughs> I'd start crying, and I'd, or I would try not to cry. I would just get really teary eyed. I'd be like, "This is my last gummy bear of this family," and I would eat it. And I'd start crying. And Tiffany n- knows I'm super emotional. She also knows I'm embarrassed of how teary eyed I get. So. Any time from the age of like five till 25, any time I'm almost imperceptibly teary-eyed that only she knows I'm teary-eyed, she'll go, teary. <laughs> really? Yeah, to taunt me because <laughs> she knows certain things will get me. No one would ever look at me. No one would ever assume I'm teary-eyed. Mm-hmm. She'll just go, teary. And I hate it. I want to kill her. She knows. Me. What makes yeah. you the most teary-eyed of anything? Commercials. Um Anyone else crying will do it. Obviously, that episode of Fresh Prince where, uh, you know, he's wondering, Will Smith's wondering why nobody wants him, why his dad doesn't want him. Uh, But yeah, pretty much anything about last, any change, any movement, like when I say movement, I mean moving from one house Mm -hmm. to another. Yeah. Why I tend to keep things like little mementos and things like that. Yeah. I was thinking about last for me. We had this couch. Um, Who's we? My family, like when I was growing up. So I, I was probably about four or five. No, I was younger than five, maybe three or four. And um, I, it was like the couch that was in our playroom. It was like the cozy family couch, you know, that we'd all snuggle on and everything. And my parents were getting rid of it to get a new couch. And I loved that couch so much. And the only word I knew how to spell at that time was no. So I somehow weaseled my way into finding a, a pad of sticky papers like post-its and I just wrote no like 300 times over and covered the whole couch that was like upstairs by the front door waiting for the movers and all these no stickers and then I just sat beside it and sobbed and begged my parents not to take it away but they did that's what Lucy did with the crib I know she wrote a note and put it near the the crib which was downstairs that said do not take this crib and she I think she helped you helped her with it but but she she wanted it to be in the living room so that we'd see it first thing in the morning when we woke up and we'd remember the promise we made to her to keep it. Well, she told me to write a backup note so you would see no. it that pointed to the note so you would know. Shane, I went through so much with her today to get her to be okay with giving it up. I went through so much. Just like charity, how it's nice to give things. When- okay, we talked about charity when it, and I'm, I'm going, Lucy, like you know in your heart that it's good to give to another family, right? She goes, yeah, but I just want it so bad. And then I had to pull out the phone and I'm showing her, you know, like the UNICEF pictures, like from poverty all over the world. Like kids with flies on their faces? Yes. She thinks we're giving the crib to kids with flies on their faces? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I was really trying to to teach her the the, the big difference, the disparity, right? The wealth disparity in the world. I, and I was trying to show her. 
So then... Why does everything have to be so extreme with parents? <laughs> There's kids not eating in Africa. Well, because I wanted her just to know that, it, you know, it was just going to help somebody out. And Did I wanted work? to paint that. Well, it started working, but then she started crying harder because then she felt bad about not wanting it to give it to the the kids with the flies. But there can be a middle ground. Guilt. I was trying to find, do you know how hard it is to find a middle ground on Google image search? (laughs) It's like (laughs) impossible. So I'm showing her these and then I go, Lucy. She goes, yeah. I go, you want to know why it's good to get rid of the crib? And she goes, why? And I go, because I'm getting you a canopy. And then I like pulled up a princess canopy on Amazon with like stars and lights and it's total BS and it's total opposite of what I was just trying to teach. Are you getting it for? Yeah, it's coming. It's getting delivered today. I got one for both of the kids. They don't (laughs) fight. It's getting delivered tonight. It's a rainbow princess canopy with glow in the dark stars on it. They are fly children and you are a princess. (laughs) It was bad. That was a total failure, but it took me so long. Regardless, she's cool with it now and I'm really happy. Um... But yeah, there were two like emotional lasts that I was thinking about. The one I don't exactly remember, but I can imagine it would be hard on my mom. Uh, everybody knows the book, The Robert Munch, Love You Forever, right? Yes. So that my... was big in my house. No? That was big. Oh, it was, yeah. yeah. Probably the biggest. So every night before bed, my mom and I would say to each other, you know, love you forever, my mommy will be, love you forever, my daughter you'll be. Every night before we went mm-hmm. to bed for years and years and I don't remember when I stopped and like I haven't officially stopped like you know sometimes even now we'll give each other a little love you forever but the last time I did it regularly because we never missed a night yeah I thinking back on that like from a parent's perspective makes me want to cry and I can't imagine how that must have felt for my mom when I was like no mom I'm like 15 too cool you know what i mean yeah and it probably happened when i was like too old like when i was like 15 um and then one last that i do remember is the last drive that my dad and i had from my university back mm-hmm. to hamilton from western university to hamilton because we used to have these really awesome drives when he'd come and pick me up and take me home for holidays or whatever and we just take turns playing music for each other and like having an awesome time and making what was a really crappy boring car ride into just like an awesome hang and uh i remember my last one so well and we were both crying as we pulled into hamilton and it was just really special so so you pull into hamilton because that's you're done university yeah and it was just like our last like you know university car trip together yeah john's an emotional guy you know that yeah, but being I just yeah being done university as someone who's not an educated man, but it, it wasn't because I was done university. It was because that was like the last of our regular road trip together, because we would take yeah, this road trip you, a couple yeah, of times a month. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's um. I think I remember the last time I kissed my dad on the lips. Yeah, <laughs> how old were you? Uh, twenty eight. No, um, <laughs> some people. Well, some people do this. Why I was curious. You think I kissed my dad on my lips till I was twenty eight? I can't picture you ever kissing your dad on the lips. I don't know. That's why I, the joke <laughs> should resonate for you. Maybe some people who still kiss their dad on the lips, which is normal, I suppose, um, for some. But for me, I, I was I was definitely in elementary school. Maybe I don't know. Maybe grade three. Maybe mm-hmm. grade four or something. But I know it just felt weird. Right. Just because he, you know, he, the amount of tongue got a little too much. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, but it just felt odd to me. Yeah. It felt uh, like oh, I was too old. And then I stopped and I've never felt his lips since. <laughs> Your dad has really pillowy, big, juicy lips. Alex. He does. And I don't. You do as well. You take after him. Okay, who's got bigger pillowier lips, Miriam? <laughs> Your dad of, might. I don't know, babe. I got to see him. Yeah, he might. People, not people. I think my Uncle Al always compared him to Gary Shandling. He looks like Gary Shandling in a way. Wait, no, what's Gary Shandling's real name? Oh, wait, that's not the real name? No. Can you tell me? Oh, geez. The actor okay. that plays Gary Shandling. Oh, jeez. I want to get it before you do it. The Gary Shandling. Okay. Um, no. What? It is Gary Shandling? Yeah, Gary Shandling is the name. That's the actor? That's the actor. And then the show that he did 
I'll give you the initials LS. Larry Sanders. Larry okay, Sanders. good. I go. always mix it up. Good testament <laughs> to how uh, realistic that portrayal of that late night show host was. Um, Shane, I have one last thing that I personally want to ask you. You can just ask me, yeah. Mary F and Kill. Okay. I have three people that, like three men that you admire for different reasons. Okay. Howard Stern, Owen Wilson, Quentin Tarantino. I and I have I've written down what I think you're going to answer, so I want to know how well I I know your uh, preferences towards fictional relationships with men. Okay, well, you're definitely going to kill Tarantino just to get him to shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the reason I, I, did, like, no, I sounded more like Woody Allen actually, um, <laughs> so pedantic. <laughs> I didn't know I could do a Woody Allen imitation, but there you go. Uh, yeah, so you kill Tarantino just to get him to shut the hell up. You, you're you definitely going to say I marry Howard Stern. Uh, and then you're going to F Owen Wilson because he's the sexiest one probably. See, I have you obviously killing Tarantino. And then I have you effing Howard Stern and marrying Owen Wilson because I think that Owen would be the one that would be more pleasant to be around on the daily. Like, yeah, he might be. He's got his own issues, obviously. But I think he'd be more pleasant to be around than Howard, who's so neurotic. Right? Howard's not that neurotic. Howard is surprisingly normal. What I like about him, Howard and I have very similar experiences. We both had one acid trip in our life that, like, (laughs) scared us out of our minds where we... we have PTSD from it to this day. Always talk like I anything he says. I'm like, yeah, I'm like that. He's very much a homebody. Mm-hmm. He's he's funny, but you know, he's not like. I feel like he's very down to earth normal. I feel like Owen is just a little bit wild, a little bit self centered. He'd be fun to hang with for a night, True. charming for a night, but not long term. But then, if you have his baby, he might not claim it unless you're married. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, um, I can't reveal too much, but I, I know someone who knows Owen. Oh. And uh, they were just saying, like, yeah, I went to a volleyball tournament. The guy goes in the bushes. He's getting a hand job. Like, you know, it was. What? Yeah. Did we just get, sorry, did we just get Owen Wilson hot gossip? Well, I, I'm trying to downplay it here. Move over, and, Perez Hilton. Shane, you can't downplay well, that. Now we're going to have to remove it. Now this episode is going to go no viral because I know someone who might know. Do him. I know this person? I'll tell you off air. Just okay, no, stop I'm just it. curious. But wait a second. Can I? We just got to confirm something. So there was a volleyball tournament. Stop it. I can't. Okay. Just stop wow, it. I'm fascinated. I know, but I'm repeatedly asking <laughs> you to stop it. I prefaced it okay. with the. Um, Shane, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I have an email, but... An email? I emailed myself with mm. questions. Okay, when will you cry next? You kind of cover that. Um, Half-year resolution. Uh, something we are doing great. One thing we need to improve on. Okay, planning the next... <laughs> we can ignore this. Planning the next year of fun. I'm into this big thing, which is planning our leisure. Taking our leisure more seriously. Because we're good. We're good at leisure. Yeah. We're just, I don't, we got to be better at planning it. So we always have something to look forward to. Yeah. And I try, you know, I broke out the calendar one night thinking this would be an activity that you liked, but do you not like it? You didn't take to it the way I thought you might. No, I'm into it. I mean, I don't even remember you breaking out the calendar. I tried writing Steph Tolive, our trip to Florida. I broke, brought out the big blue calendar. Right. Yes. And, you, and I'm like, should I mark down Steph Tolib on <laughs> December 14th, which is obviously for us like a lifetime away to plan six months ahead to go to a comedy show? They're like, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I am into it. This must have been when I was in my sick week, Shane. I was sick last week, and I think that's when you did it. I was not in the mood for anything. But I like this idea. I want to plan it. And let's take our leisure more seriously because – I do find that in the process of your show being written and coming out, and it's been a couple year process, even when we have leisure time, you know, there's still work going on because both you and I have jobs that we take home with us and that don't really have boundaries. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult and it would be really great to have leisure time where we totally separate ourselves from things. You know what I mean? Even if it's just a one-nighter. Like do like a no cell phone night or something. I see a fly right there. Where? 
Ooh, is there a swatter in this room? Oh, no. shoot. He went. God damn, he knew cool. you were talking about him. Yeah. But it is hard, too, because a lot of our leisure opportunities and the way we can afford them is mm-hmm. you go to a hotel and it's like, can you make a real post three stories? Do this. <laughs> so, do, so we are always kind of thinking about that. But you know what? Our The best leisure time that we take, and if you're in the area, you've heard Shane and I talk about this before, and just do it. Like, find a way to get there. Even if you don't stay at this place for the night, get there with a pool pass or something. But Shane, you and I can do an affordable night. It's a splurge, but you know, we can still budget it. Uh, Pillar and Post Why in Niagara. Are you telling, I don't want any, I'd hate pool pass people. I don't want anyone pool passing our pool. <laughs> no. I'm just saying to go there, like to the spa. Then no, go to, now they're going to be in the, the pool spa. when we're there and we're going to have to sign autographs <laughs> and chit chat. No, but the Pillar and the Post, honestly, Pillar and Post has the best it's just the best place to go and relax, whether you're there for three nights, whether you're there for one night. Like, honestly, Shane, that could be an easy no-phoner one for us. You know what I mean? Ironically, yeah, because that's the only one they – we've never asked to do a brand mm-hmm. partnership, but you're pretty much free advertising right now. Oh, I free advertise for them every time we go. Okay. Howard right. Stern says no free advertisements. I should stop talking about He them. said that one. He always says that. He says – um. Anytime somebody's like, oh, Howard, how do you like this? I'm like, it's good. And like, tell me more. And he's like, nope, no free no free ads. Oh, I've never heard him say that. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Okay, should we move on? Let's do it, yeah. So we're going to go to the Q&A section. No, it's not called that. The mailbag. Mailbag segment. <laughs> but before we do that, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by True Earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that Shane and I are always trying to do what we can to reduce our environmental footprint. And one way that we're doing this... and The easiest way if you want to start somewhere is to eliminate single-use plastics in your household. Because with two kids and four of us and none of us are super tidy, our laundry room like itself, like we focused on laundry detergent bottles because it was just getting so cluttered. Yeah, anywhere we can remove clutter from our house is welcomed. Yeah, so we discovered True Earth Laundry Detergent, and we have not looked back. It's been like two years now. This detergent is amazing because it comes in these pre-measured soluble strips, and you simply rip them apart and toss them in your washer. It is so easy, and the best part is that there's no plastic. The packaging is so compact, and it has honestly drastically changed the tidiness of our laundry room. That's true. And as a family with kids who have super sensitive skin, we opt for the baby detergent because it's fragrance-free, gentle on everyone's skin, and it is still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and super clean. So check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use our promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. And that promo code works either for a one-time order for an entire subscription, and it works on all the products on their website, and there are so many. So again, that is true.earth and thisfamilytree10. Boy, can you use it just one time? Or can you use it a bunch? No, one time. So you got to choose wisely. Yes, you got to choose wisely. But we are also supported by... Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. They believe in quality over quantity, and they make the best basics that you can get for your kids. These are fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy, and timeless, and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Shane and I were watching a couple old videos of Lucy tonight, and they were so sweet, and she was wearing our favorite mini Miosh stuff in it that Betty now wears. And then I'm going to have to find somebody else to wear once Betty's gone because they're honestly in such great shape and they, they're just adorable. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. And Shane, they got a women's collection. Oh, really? I'm just sorry. I'm trying to find the video of her. It's so cute when she's wearing the mini Miosh Oh, okay. You find that. And they now have a women's collection that I am so obsessed with living. This is simple. It's made of French terry, ethically and sustainably produced like everything else by mini Biosh. And they call it the M and West collection. You need to get your hands on it. Trust me. And you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. It's available in Canada and in the U.S. and is one use per customer. So load up that cart. Again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. And Shane just found a really cute video, right? Okay, so here is Lucy 
she did this independently of anything. She just grabs the camera and filmed a mini Miyash ad once she figured out the iPhone. Good morning. Let's go pick some clothes out. Yeah. It's cool and nice day. Maybe I'll pick this one. This is pretty nice. I like them so much because they're mini Miyash. Yeah. Mini Miyash makes me yeah that's the cutest video ever and it's honestly adorable. we didn't tell her one line we t- obviously we said oh we're gonna make an ad she's like no i want to film it and then just <laughs> film this whole video herself it was adorable. It was so cute. But yeah, no, that's testament. The kids love it and we love it too. All right. Now let's get to the mailbag segment. Okay. Now here is the mailbag segment where you take listener questions and you answer them. All right. So Shane, we're starting with my favorite one that we got. Uh, would you ever go on a Tinder date while pregnant? Yes. <laughs> that one's for Sorry. me, I think. And then there's a second part for you. And Shane, would you ever date a pregnant woman? Yes. You date a pregnant woman. Um, depends. Is this open relationship? No, like it's like if you were single. If you and I were broken up? Yeah, yeah. like okay. in a world where we're single, would you take a date with somebody on Tinder who was pregnant? Sure. And what would be... Your reasoning to say yes, because I think people would have a reason to say yes or no. Well, like when we play Toe Jam Earl, a lot of things, we just do them for XP points. Yeah. So that's like in our video game that we play XP points, like they get you to the next level up. Well, what does XP stand for? I don't know. Experience. Does it? Yeah. I didn't know that. So I like experiences. I don't like, like, what's a date? What's the worst that could happen? But like you're leading, what if it's, you're just like, oh, it's just an experience. And do you see, is there a world where you could see a future possibly with a pregnant person? (laughs) They're only pregnant (laughs) for nine months. I I don't know. But that's, I I don't know because I haven't done it. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, that's why you do things. And then would I go on a date as a pregnant person? I don't know. Maybe. I couldn't see having energy for it. But maybe just like to take my mind off of all the craziness. Maybe. I don't know. But do you know where this question comes from? No. So there was a news article that came out. A woman who was nine months pregnant was on Tinder, went out for a date with a guy. She's nine months pregnant. Um, And then I guess before the Tinder date, she started going into labor. And she told the guy, she's like, I don't know if I can go on our date. I'm going into labor. And then he's like, how are you getting to the hospital? And she didn't have like a direct answer. So he's like, okay, I'm going to be right there. So he came to her house, picked her up, brought her to the hospital Mm -hmm. And helped like he was there as her support person while she delivered the baby. And they've been together. Did I write how long they've been together? I don't know. But he took a week off as like a paternity leave thing to like help her out and help her get settled and take care of her. And it's been like several months and they're uh, still together. Wow. So that's that's probably the most you probably ever see of somebody before having intercourse with them ever like he probably saw her take a dump like you know when she push it out she can't saw. even have intercourse for a few months yeah that's what i mean yeah. um you know he probably saw like a, a crowning of a baby's head Ooh. if imagine it was a c-section and he got in there and saw all that like he saw her like innards and okay, you haven't even seen my innards no but the night is young <laughs> <laughs> oh, Get the DIY C-sections. Um, but yeah, that, it's a wild story. I hope this couple stays together forever, obviously. I mean, sounds like he's ready to adopt the kid if they get along. But like also, what a wild experience because then not only are you learning how to be a parent, but you're also dating somebody for the first time and learning all about them and what they like and what makes them tick and whether – what you like is compatible with them. And that is so much emotionally. Like that's the only mm-hmm. angle I can look at it is how 
difficult that's got to be emotionally. And like, what happens if it doesn't work out? Then you're just like, de- like sad about a breakup and taking care of a newborn. Like it's tricky. See, this is coming from someone who's never been on Tinder. Like, you know, don't call it a breakup. Well, Shane, they they've now been together for a few months. Like, they're like exclusive. I think. Oh yeah, but you always have to be, you know. Once you have a kid, it's like, ah, I've got a kid. You, your skin gets harder. Thicker. Thicker. Sorry. <laughs> your heart gets harder. <laughs> you start turning to stone. But but would, have you seen a photo of this couple? I'm curious about. I'll try to find one. Hold not on. to be superficial, but I would assume that the woman is extremely attractive and potentially the man is not. I think they the were desperation both, level for this I think state. they were both like equal Levels Equal of looks. like, yeah, wow. hold on. Okay, true Pregnant woman Tinder date. That's what I'm putting in. Okay, man of the year helps Tinder date give birth. Quote, Wait, they're giving us. man of the year awards? <laughs> How did I not know of this? See, they're both cute. Oh, yeah. Like, they're actually both cute. Let me see this. Right? Yeah. Guys, look it up. Look it up. It's a fascinating story. I just, I want to know the psychology behind it from both of maybe, their perspectives. Maybe they had just this awesome connection. Like he's, he, he's such a wordsmith probably on Tinder. <laughs> it could be. Um, but let's go on to the next question. What is something weird that each of you do? What so, is something normal I do? I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. What do you do? Well, I was saying like, okay, I sit in the sink to do my makeup. Everyone my, does that. Yeah. I've had girlfriends. I, I don't get why they do that. It bothers me. It was comfortable because you got to- I gotta, hate it. It's comfortable. Anyway, and then uh, every day I touch my toes and then I sit down and I bring my feet up to my forehead uh, just to stay limber. But I only do two different moves to stay limber and that's touching my well, toes. That's probably all, all you need. If you can touch your toes, that's pretty flexible. Can you put your feet to your forehead? Of course not. Like sitting down, not standing up. Of course not. No, no, it works. What about you? What's weird? Something weird you do? Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm always fidgeting constantly. <laughs> don't sit still. Uh, I'm trying to think because I do probably a million weird things. Talk to myself. Um, I talk to myself lots. If I'm working, I work things out verbally with myself audibly oh, all my thoughts are weird it's just constant <laughs> weird thoughts like every thought in the book i'm having at all times you know what i was thinking of today what why do question. flies like stinky things um like butterflies don't love stinky things they're not hanging over heaps of garbage why are flies it's what they eat. all over? Flies yeah. eat shit. Yeah, but why do they eat the gross stuff? Why do they eat rotting garbage and poo? Um, like, what is it about them? Isn't that gross? That's why I have so much freaking joy killing them all over the house right now before any one of them decides to lay more Why do eggs. flies eat shit? Feces contain a variety of lipids and minerals that provide all the nutrients house flies need to survive. However, not all flies are drawn to feces. The common house flies and flesh flies are the only species that seem to enjoy it. Sorry, flesh flies? I'm just reading, yes. That sounds disgusting. And they all, okay. Flies are also attracted to dog feces because that's where they lay eggs and hatch out into maggots. Maggots feed on dead matter and your doggy's poop is full of that. By cleaning up the yard and keeping it free of poop, you'll get rid of flies in that area. Okay, I just looked up flesh fly. Yeah. So instead of depositing their maggots on like poo, they deposit their maggots on decaying like like animals in the flesh and on open wounds of animals. I hate the word maggot. I hate everything to do with these gross things. Right yeah, maggots now. live up to their dis- like name. They're as disgusting as that word ugh. makes me. Ugh. Okay, we're moving topics. Moving topics. In what way do you think your kids most take after you? Um. Yeah, Lou's facial expressions are definitely like me and my sister. Mm-hmm. How she has kind of like an awkward 
look to her like kind of like you know Mm -hmm. she closes her eyes when photos are taken a lot so (laughs) that's what i do does a pose she doesn't like being looked at if anyone's like celebrating her she'll be like stop it stop it that's making me uncomfortable (laughs) like it's it's weird how genetic that is whereas i find betty is more like smiley like you and likes you know, if you take her photo, she'll like it and she'll say cheese. And in what way do you think Betty takes after you, though? Um, she kind of has long arms. <laughs> Which way? Oh, she was doing something the other day that takes after me. Yeah, how she likes salty foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Betty does not have a sweet tooth. Like she will forego cake in favor of like buttered corn. Yeah. Um. For Lucy, I think that she has an appreciation for, like, a, like not more than an appreciation, but she'll get, like, excited and passionate about things. Like, we'll be driving to the cottage and, you know, we'll start to be in the forest. And she'll be like, look how beautiful these trees are. Everybody, look. They're so beautiful. And she'll be, like, all for it or, like, standing in front of our garden for 30 minutes just being like, look at these flowers. Look at the Rose of Sharon and just pointing things out and loving <laughs> it. Um, and I think she's like me in that regard. Were you? Did you like crafts as a kid? I guess Because so. I, I hated crafts. Yeah, I like doing crafts. Like I like she doing. loves crafts. Mm-hmm. She loves She loves math. math. She didn't get that from either one of us. Drawing. Um, Legos. Like I hated that stuff as I a kid. I loved Lego. Um, I only liked freeform Lego if I could do anything I wanted with it. And even that was to a point. She likes following the instructions to make this stuff, which is the exact opposite of me. Uh, And then for Betty, what was it? Oh, Betty is. um, Okay, so Betty's like maternal and, you know, more so in the sense that like Lucy loved collecting stuffed animals. Betty loves collecting dolls and she loves going to sleep with all her dolls and taking care of her babies and things. And then even tonight we're putting them to bed and she goes, mommy, come snuggle me. So I go in there and snuggle her. But instead of like when you're the little one, like when I'm snuggling you, I want you to put your big arms over me and I just want to like curl up, you know, in your chest like this and be all taken care of. Betty, I lay down beside her and she puts her arm out and forcefully like puts it behind my neck and then brings my head to, into like her shoulder armpit area. So then I'm like the little one in her shoulder and armpit and she's got me like this and she's rubbing my head. And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, this is opposite of what it should be. But this is hilarious. Like she's like taking care of me as she's trying to fall asleep. And then her eyes are closing and she's yawning. And then she pulled my face in and gave me a little kiss right on my forehead and then went Mm. to sleep. Yeah, she's kind of a manly child, isn't she? (laughs) No, it's just so, she was so nurturing and so mothery. And like, it reminded myself of myself in just, I think I like taking care of people as well. Yeah, the other day uh, we were at my mom's. My mom is one of those people, and please do not call the I don't know SPCA on her or whatever. But <laughs> she'll she feeds her like our, the dog drinks coffee. It eats human food. Like it eats any human food you can imagine. It'll have like a sip of beer. Like, and the dog is just huge. It's mm-hmm. way too big, Bad, yeah. and it's a terrifying dog. Lucy's scared of it, but Betty. Is like almost like hopped on it like it was a horse the other day. I, I thought she was scared, but now she's like, look at this cute doggy. And she's just petting it. Whereas Lucy, even if it was the cutest puppy in the world, even when Lucy was a little kid, I'd be like, look at that puppy. Lou would be like, yeah, she doesn't care about puppies, care. ducks, anything. She likes it the most minimal, perfunctory way that a child could like something. Whereas Betty loves things mm-hmm. like living things and creatures so much like Lou likes insects more than yeah. cute furry animals. Yeah. She'll, like, yeah, Lucy will spend 30 minutes looking for fat ants. Yeah. So yeah. she's a real nature horticulturalist. I said that right. <laughs> yep. Person. And our last question for the night, I had to look this one up. So this question, is it true that girls are more likely to get their period at an earlier age these days and what factors contribute to them going through puberty. So going to shoot some facts out there for you. And then I got questions for Shane about his puberty experience. So for girls, 
it's common for them to get their period between 8 and 13, with the average being 11 years old. Wait, girls can get a period at 8? It's, I know. It's nowadays crazy. or just always? Na- I don't know. I Maybe always, but nowadays it's like 8's the earliest and then... 13 is usually, you get it by then, and the average is 11. Boys, it's 9 and 14, with the average being 12. There's 8-year-olds wearing tampons right now. Probably not tampons, but... What do they do then? Well, here's the thing. That's just the typical time. However, some girls do get it earlier. So to answer this person's question... Yes, puberty is starting earlier in kids. And there are some girls, uh, I was reading a 2022 article from the New York Times, and it was just compiling all these studies and like talking about these studies and puberty and whatever. But there are girls that are sometimes six or seven years old that are starting menstruating. How come they don't use tampons? Well, they they could, but I mean, that's a lot for a six-year-old to like but how do you put her, clean get her up head the around. Blood? A pad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I Sorry, I thought tampons were pads. I thought they were the same thing. I didn't know. There's tampons, pads, and cups. Okay. Right? But um, Tampons to me was just like how Kleenex, you know, could yeah. be another brand. I'm just like, oh, they're, those things are, okay. But like, that's so, that's got to be so difficult as that six-year-old or as the parent. Like, I can't imagine having to teach and put that responsibility on your kid and have them have to deal with that every day at school. Like that is so much. Cause I got mine when I was like 13 mm-hmm. and I was hoping it would come earlier. I remember like reading, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Have you heard of that book? No, probably not. It's about like girls periods basically. And <laughs> why uh, would I have heard of that? <laughs> I don't know, a Judy hey, Shane, book. It's your 12th birthday. Judy Bloom was like a big deal, you know, Canadian author or whatever. She actually, my mom, my mom made me read this book. I didn't want to read it, but then obviously like, it's a good book. So I loved it. But then my mom ended up getting it autographed by Judy Bloom for me. So now I have like Judy Bloom, the author of the period book, autographing my period book. It's funny, but I was like, I hope it comes like from when I was like 11 and 12, me and all my friends were like, ooh, I feel like I'm going to get my period soon. And then none of us would. And we were all very athletic and like did a lot of sports. So we all got them pretty late. But I was like definitely 13, like grade eight when I got it, which I think which I think is average for so many people. But when do you like what is the signifier that a boy is getting his all of our boys listening to this podcast right now we're all gonna say it at the same time on the count of three okay one two three balls armpit drop? hair mm. balls drop i don't know what that means i was gonna Me ask either. you i don't know my balls are always dropped it's like your balls are never like hidden up high and then mine weren't maybe i, I have extremely saggy balls see <laughs> a little boy would just saggy balls you never know See, when we don't have a son, so it's like I don't know these things. Um, so armpit hair, armpit hair for sure. And I was played basketball. They had a rule that you had to um, either wear a t-shirt that was identical to your jersey color when you played, or you'd have to wear no shirt underneath. Right. My problem is I couldn't find a baby blue shirt that matched perfectly the color that was the Westmount Wildcats. And I would get my mom to get all these dyes to it's like to buy a white shirt and try to dye it the get perfect out. color of baby blue. Sometimes it would work, but then after one wash, it wouldn't be the same color. Asshole ref would be like, take that off. You're going shirtless underneath. And I, I wouldn't shoot three pointers because I'm scared to lift my arm up. So I'm, I'm doing these no. like underhand layups because I don't want people to see. I've Wait, no was this how old were you at this point? Uh, 28. No, um, <laughs> call back. I was grade 10. Oh, and you did not have armpit hair. No, no, not a, not a strand. When did you start getting balls? Armpit were hair? down to my knees. My, if, <laughs> if only I could show those. Be like, Still look are. what I have. No, but what what age did you start getting armpit hair? Uh, I would say maybe I was like eighteen. Get out. No, I, I was five three in grade nine. But uh, you didn't get armpit hair until you were eighteen. Seventeen, eighteen. Interesting. See, you're not a hairy guy in like a, a but, manly sense, but hairy. Yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, <laughs> I've hair in the worst places. <laughs> no cool places. Like if I had a nice hairy chest. I love a hairy chest. Wow. I love Sorry. it. Sorry. I've got five strands of hair. Yeah. 
It's fine. It's no Burt Reynolds, but I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, but okay, besides Burt Reynolds, do you like a hairy chest besides yes. Burt Reynolds? Yeah, I, I think I like, I definitely like the idea of a hairy chest. Like if I think of like tall, big mountain man. You told your dad to shave his chest though. When I was uh, young, because my brother and I thought his chest was gross. He still shaves it to this he day. He still shaves it to this day. So my words really had an impact on him as a teenager calling his chest hair gross. But uh, no, when I, yeah, I don't know. I like, I think I like a big hairy mountain man, whatever okay. that means. I like it. And you're with me. <laughs> a metro creative Metro? Type. What? I'm not metro. No, but you, like you, uh, you get your hair cut, you use some products. You... I get my hair cut? <laughs> That's Metro. <laughs> How mountain do you expect me to be? Oh, Shane got his hair cut. He's so Metro and hip. Um, he put uh, like a, a dollop of gel in his hair. Oh, you're so uh, urban-y. What's it? No, suburban. No, what's the, what? how do you say like a downtown guy, a downtown stylish guy? I'm not a downtown guy. guy. I'm no, not I down- know that, but more so than a mountain man. Okay. You can't compare me against mountain man. I'm... <laughs> I'm pretty close in my friend group to being, you know, I've got tattoos. You got tattoos. A lot of tats. No, That's, you're like you're like a rocky rocky guy. You're you know what you're I'm like? Rocky? You're like Oh no. No, no, no. But your vibe um used to be. Not now. I think your vibe is cooler now. But uh What was my vibe used to be? No, you were like um more British rock band like british casablanca's type all i would wear is hawaiian shirts and jeans when i see photos of you from before we were dating that looks like the style you were going for that was 20 years ago well it looks like the style you were going (laughs) for but i love i gotta say i'm very attracted to your style now i love your dad's style i think it's hot and shane have you noticed everybody every quote-unquote hawkeye is now doing your style. What's my style? With the stash. I don't have a stash anymore. I know that. Because you are leading the trends. So you got rid of the stash when everybody started doing it. But now it's like every like Hawkeye is doing the stash thing. Yeah. Partly because I think you helped make that hot. But I you're like, ahead of the trend. I like this theory. Yeah. It's a good theory. Is that what we're ending on? Oh, uh, I have one more word on periods. And that is. Because the question asker wanted to know why this was. And there is nothing conclusive, but researchers are studying obesity, chemicals, and stress. Hmm. And there you go. I think it's those damn K-pop bands. They're making people's periods start early? Yes. Good thinking. Think about it. They're making little girls all thinking about getting with these K-pop guys a little bit early. I don't even think those K-pop guys have, like... They look so androgynous. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the women love them. And I think their bodies like start having babies now. Maybe. I like this theory. Take it to the uh, highest levels of health in the government and uh, see what they think. I like it. Well, good episode, Alex. Thanks, baby. You too. So I'm going to do the thing because I'm better at like doing the synchronicity of it. Let's see it. Thank you so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast. Episode 179.